Right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Let's roll to the rescue. And hey, babe, let's take a walk on the wild side. <laughs> yes. It's time for a very special uh, episode of Transformers Rescue Bots. Okay, not not really. Kind of every episode of Transformers Rescue Bots is a very special episode. Yeah, well, very that's... special in that it's like warning you about something incredibly dangerous that could possibly theoretically happen, but not really happen. Yeah. Yes, the dangers. What if recycling... But too much. <laughs> sort of, yeah, it's... Like, the the message gets a little mixed at points in this episode about recycling well, I, good. I just I mean, didn't I think... feel like this one had much of a message at all. It was just sort of a funny story about Boulder not understanding well, how yeah. domestication works. Well, yeah, that, that's the A part. Yeah, the, the, the I guess the message is when explaining zoos and animal shelters to your space robot friends... Be very clear that they are two very different things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There is there are a lot of very important differences between domesticated animals and wild animals, and you can't just go out and get any I mean, okay, like I think about like <laughs> the old days when any animal you could get to hang around you you could consider a pet, but sadly we we are no longer in those days. You have to have special permits, which, trust me, I'm kind of looking into. <laughs> okay. We we are no longer in the days when you can just go out and be like, hey, I, I let this raccoon in my house and now it's my pet. Yeah, raccoons are good, like, outside pets, reasonably. You don't have to bring them inside. You feed them. You give them cotton candy every once in a while and watch their sadness. Oh no, but but yeah, I I think that's the the very I I didn't feel like this was so much of a lesson episode, more of just a funny no. adventure. It is a rare Transformers holiday episode though, because it first aired April twenty first, twenty twelve, uh, the, the day before Earth Day. Oh, it, oh, it actually air. was on time. Yes, oh, actually, it so... aired out of order so that it could air on Earth Day. Oh, good. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. Fun, not very actually interesting at all fact, is I can remember when Earth Day is because it's my mom's birthday. Oh. Well, her not gift to be every confused year, with, Not to be confused with my father's birthday, which is around Father's Day, but since Father's Day is never on the same date every year because it's based on, like, the day of the week or something, or is it not... I don't know. It's close enough that I always confuse the two, and that's just really annoying. What I'm saying is if you're going to be born on a holiday, be born on the holiday. Don't be born three days before the holiday. You're going to oh. confuse people. Well, my, my parents are just convenient in that they're both born on the same number day of the month, just different months. I just have ah, to remember which that's ones. That's also convenient. Yes. <laughs> so this uh, so this was uh, written by story by uh, RescueBot story editor Nicole Dubuck. And uh, we open on the opening of the Mayor Lusky Library, a building made of garbage. <laughs> it's so tacky. It, it looks like... It's neat. It looks like they basically just did it as a mosaic made yes. out of, like, recycled cans and stuff. It's extremely tacky. I mean, it, it's... And as we well, will it... learn, not very structurally sound. 
No, it's yeah, not so it turns out you could just reduce it back to garbage with with the bare hands of a of a monkey. Yeah, it, its structural integrity is is well garbage, but but the the idea is nice, especially like the, the tin roof. It's kind of it's it's very mosaic tile. It, it, it's like um, sort of a church made out of shiny objects. I guess I, I guess I've seen some garbage things that use seashells as wall decorations and things, and I'm enamored by that cheapness. Ah, the Jersey Shore has ruined me. Uh. (laughs) I mean, I've seen purses made out of, like, license plates that are just hammered into shape, but those aren't buildings. (laughs) You need to to process the materials. So anyway, they, the uh, the rescue team is watching this on TV, but they are soon called into action by Mrs. Niederlander. Also, I just want to make one more point about the recycled library, is that he points out that all of the books are, are printed on reclaimed paper, which as someone who has worked in book selling, I think a definite issue too, because did you go to like... Harper Collins and insists that they do a print run of like James Patterson just on reclaimed paper just for your facility because that's like that's not how printing works. That's not how the publishing industry well, works. The, the, these would be like art books because like if you take paper, you rip it apart, you can mush it back together through the right process to make paper again. So it, it's. It's an art project, not a normal standard thing. Like, it's kind of how paper is made to begin with. But if you're only using paper, it's it's a weird concept for, like, only the books you have are that. It's a, it's a throw it's just a throwaway thing but like I said, as someone who has worked at a book, as a bookseller, that, like, made me hurt a lot. <laughs> I, I pressed paper. I made paper. I just don't remember all the details and what chemicals you had to throw in there other than water. It's, you You just have to basically insist the publisher do a print run specifically for you. Yeah, using which would make it more expensive. This entirely different batch. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I don't like it. <laughs> eh. Anyway, they get a call yeah, they... because there's an emergency. From yes, uh, uh, Nettie, little little Nettie Niederlander's mother. Or, wait, no, actually, it would be more like little Nettie Niederlander's daughter, considering the timeline of the three amigos. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, she's voiced by Billy Hayes, mm-hmm. a longtime like Broadway actress, voice actress, probably best known as uh, Witchy Poo on Sid and Marty Croft's H.R. Puffin stuff. Yes, this is her wow. second appearance in this show, and there will be more. First speaking appearance. Oh, yeah, I guess she didn't talk last time. Speaking yes. of first things, is this the first time we've heard uh, Chief Burns' first name? I believe so, yes. Probably. Because when she calls, she says, Charles. I guess, I believe that is the first time we've uh, we've heard it. I think it's just so, been yes. Chief or Dad before. 
Yeah. Also, I I am sort of curious, like the relative ages of the two of the of those two, whether like you know she she knew him as a small child, and whether it was when she was a child or when she was an adult. And I guess probably uh, we actually she was an adult. find out almost exactly how old she is. Aha! Oh. There is a time travel episode where they they laid, they see her in the past. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, time travel. So, oh. I'm going to guess she was probably at least old enough to be Chief Burns' babysitter, if not, like, older than that. Old enough to be his mother, I would say. Yeah. Well, the problem is he looks really old because he's gray. Yes. Well, he's a silver fox. And his attitude. Well, y- yes, I know. Some people do age gray really. Or like, um, one of my professors in college, I think he said he, he started turning gray in his 20s. Well, like, I mean, uh, like Steve Martin. Oh, I yeah, would say that he's probably. I f- I feel like he's in his fifties. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Whereas she comes off more seventies. So yeah, she could have been like his school teacher, or mm-hmm. yeah, she she probably knew him as as little Charlie Burns. Yes. Ah. Anyway, I I did notice that that was she addressed him by his first name. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out her emergency is that Mr. Pettipaws, her cat, is stuck in a tree. Again. So no no mortal peril yet. Yeah, and but this time they didn't get there fast enough. Oh, do we enough. need a Pettipaws count? So Maybe I should start a Pettipaws count. He's been in a tree twice. Yes, so she has climbed her ancient bones up into this tree. <laughs> and and is irate because, uh, you know, they're late. She's up there. And, of course, she is about to fall to her, like, death, at which point, you know, she falls five feet. Her bones are uh, shattering, like bone <laughs> china. And, yes, she's going to fall from the tree to the ground. It's at least five feet, maybe ten I feet. I don't know. But she then... seems a little hardier than that. Well, yes. Kind of, yeah, but she's still old but it gets worse when she does fall because instead of landing on you know grass and dirt she lands a giant robot hands they're coming up to meet her also in in the the fine tradition of the cold openings on this show uh we we cut to the opening credits as she's falling so we have mortal peril and then opening credits yes very important that we have some sort of like intense suspenseful moment before <laughs> cutting to the credits yes yeah so heatwave saves her boulder saves her cat and for all their trouble mrs niederlander calls uh heatwave a a robotic oaf and slaps him yes which is not nice at all but that's okay because boulder is getting the cat and the kitty likes right. him yes he's, he's a good boy so, uh, so we go back to the fire station, and it's time to celebrate Earth Day, which confuses Blades, because he's pretty sure that they're on Earth, so every day is Earth Day. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point. And also, it turns out that Chief Burns is somewhat missing the point of Earth Day by just making everybody clean the uh, clean the fire station. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but yeah. also, people gotta clean things. Well, that's true. And I'm sure they're using, you know, some all sorts of toxic chemicals. Yes, lots of lots of solvents and ammonias and bleach. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Heatwave is, of course, mad because he's always mad. And he's specifically <laughs> yes. mad because he doesn't quite understand the concept of pets. Hmm. 
<laughs> yes, he doesn't understand why Mrs. Niedemeyer makes them go and get their cat, get her cat out of the tree. It's just some stupid, he's, he's, he points out that if the cat gets up a tree by itself, it should be able to get down by itself. This is not true of cats. Yes. As they... uh, certain species of cats do not have, there's like an extra joint in their foot. That allows them to get up and down trees. Mm. And so, you know, your arboreal cats like jaguars and the like have those. But house cats do not. And so once no. they go up a tree, they can't really get down. Yes. Well, with great so... difficulty. If they go backwards, but most house cats right. will not try that because it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like trying to get a cow to go downstairs. It's not... Yes. not not, uh, you know, they may be physically capable of it, but it's not, it's not something like it's they want to do. It's not like trying to force a horse downstairs, which will kill it, but almost anything will kill a horse. <laughs> a horse sprains its ankle, it dies. Yeah, true. horses are like that. horse sits down, it dies. <laughs> a horse sees a blue flower in spring, it dies. <sighs> I don't really like horses. <laughs> Too skittish. But, so, so yes. <laughs> Heat wave is he is incorrect here. They they yes. cannot really get themselves back down trees. They do need no. assistance. Maybe they need to figure out what dog or neighborhood beast is chasing this poor cat up the tree and deal with it. <laughs> and so uh so you know, Cody has to explain, you know, this it's not really it's just, you know, she owns the animal. It's kinda like her uh, it's kinda like her baby. And Chase was not aware that humans could have domesticated animals as offspring. <laughs> well, strap in, buddy. Uh, We're going to teach well, you something. Chase, let, let me introduce you to some websites. We will turn on content filters, though. <laughs> but you're in for a trip. <laughs> Gross. As as someone who absolutely refers to her cats as her void children, I, I feel it is important to, to say that your cats are totally your babies. I have a cat that forces me to pick him up and hold him on my shoulder like he's a baby. Or a parrot. Well, his his paws, front paws are on my shoulder. The rest of his ass is sitting on my arm. (laughs) I do not know how he picked up this train. Because he came from outside. (laughs) And then one day he was just reaching his legs up on my leg. And then, okay. And then he started climbing up and onto my shoulder and made himself comfortable. Uh, no, my my Benjamin definitely likes me carrying his entire fourteen pound ass around, and like follows me from room to room, and has to be on me, and yeah. So he's he is baby. Like I understand yeah. some people who are like, well, my cat is more like you know my companion, or my dog is more like my companion. I I feel like it depends on the animal because some of them absolutely view you as, as some kind of parental figure, and Benjen is definitely that kind of cat. Arya, we're working on. <laughs> I I am an emotional support human to this cat. Yeah, I am definitely Benjen's emotional support human. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got issues. Arya has a different set of issues. <laughs> Like, I can't help it. I just went to the rescue and was like, give me your least adoptable cat. And they were like, <laughs> here is this seven pounds of refusing to be touched. Thank you. 
So, so yeah, Cody's explained that, you know, sometimes dogs help with rescue operations, but uh, he can't have one because his dad is all, no, that's, that's too much responsibility, Cody. The police dog that he shows them is super derpy looking. It's just like this German Shepherd, but its tongue is hanging way out, and it just has this really dumb look on its face. Well, it's clearly not one of those, like, scary police dogs. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's the Barney Fife of dogs. <laughs> yes! Is it Turner and Hooch, or... Oh, what was the other one? K-9? Yes, K-9. Yeah, that, that well, was Well, it's, it's um, like K-9 if Jim Belushi was the dog. <laughs> improvement but then they sh- he shows like a dalmatian with a fireman's hat and a saint mm. bernard getting someone oh, out of the snow so and getting them he's some like, sweet booze meanwhile no cats uh, you cannot get a cat <laughs> no th- this, is, this is clearly pound puppy propaganda that was snuck into this cartoon <laughs> yeah. from another show well, they were, the hub was airing pound puppies at the same time Oh, so it was cross-promotion. Dang it. <laughs> yes. Well, and that, and there aren't any rescue cats. No. No. Um, no. Cats are smart I love enough to save I mean, themselves. Listen, I, I'm, I'm somebody who, in, who I, you know, I like cats, but you're not making them do anything useful. No. Well, <laughs> other than maybe waking you up if there's a fire in the house. It's like, dude, open the and door. And even then, that's a, that's a, that's a maybe. Look, <laughs> yeah, that's a maybe. Hey, my Benjamin killed a full-grown squirrel. Now the squirrel wasn't bothering anyone, <laughs> but he absolutely murdered a squirrel. <laughs> and then my father accused him of finding a dead squirrel somewhere else in the yard and dragging it up on the porch. And I have never been so offended. <laughs> my son is a <laughs> mighty hunter. <laughs> But yes, cats cats are very good at their job, which is vermin control. Well, that's true. That's not really rescuing anybody, unless you're rescuing no, them from getting the plague. That's but, yes. but yeah, that's but, not rescue. So they they no. are they have their purpose other than getting directly on your lap when your show was just about over, therefore forcing you to watch the next episode. Oh, they, that happens but, way but they too will. often. Throwing up in your shoes. But they are not really rescue animals, no. I haven't had them throw up on shoes. Tablecloths, yes. But luckily... Yeah. Uh, things, yes. <laughs> luckily, Cody now gets rescued from having to clean anymore by uh, by Frankie and her dad, who uh, head off to the, uh, the Earth Day exhibit at the zoo. Yes. Which she sort of tries to explain to, to Boulder as... A, well, he, I, I do appreciate that when they're asking where you get a pet... He he mentions he says the shelter, not a pet store, because mm-hmm. you yes. don't want those puppy mill puppies. You go to no. the shelter, like I said, you go to the local rescue and ask for their least adoptable cat. <laughs> they <laughs> a tiny cat with giant eyes and probably a murder list. Uh, so. Well, spoilers. Uh, Boulder does in fact find the least adoptable <laughs> cat in uh, Griffin Rock. That's true. Yeah. But but I I do really appreciate that they they called out animal shelters as the place you go to get a pet. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the he later explains the zoo is kinda like a big animal shelter with wild animals. Yeah. Which is really bad phrasing there. Which yeah, leads so, to the entire plot of the episode. Yeah. So so they get there, uh and Frankie is all head up to see 
the star of the Earth Day exhibit, a bunch of recycling, sorting lemurs. I think they would have been better um, if they were raccoons. I bet you could totally teach raccoons to do that. Yeah, but like raccoons are are less zoo animal y. Yeah, they're the animals that eat out of the garbage cans at the zoo. You know what else is really smart that I bet they could teach to do that? Crows. Yeah, but you can't. It's hard to keep crows in any kind of cage. (laughs) They will break out. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, the raccoons, they don't want to sort the garbage, they want to (laughs) eat the garbage. Okay, that's Yes, fair. and they want to find the nastiest piece of garbage they can, and then make their other raccoon friends eat it. Oh, this tastes horrible. Here, <laughs> Carl! Carl, you gotta so, taste this shit. And also, if, if cartoons have taught me anything, it's that mostly uh, raccoons are spend less time sorting garbage and more time uh, hassling billionaire aardvarks. <laughs> what? He's a horrible industrialist aardvark. I mean, he is horrible. <laughs> oh. Also, they're nice old... to his niece, or what was it? Uh, it's his Daughter son, I think. Something. It's either his son or his nephew. I think it's his son. Wasn't there a girl one, too? Well, there's a girl one who I think is the girlfriend of the son. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm watching Raccoon. All, I, all I've seen is the opening to that show, and oh my god, it is the best opening song <laughs> ever for a cartoon. Is it better uh, than the Alf cartoon opening? Uh, yes. I, say, I mean, it's it's like a legit pop song. Yes, it's a legitimately good song. It was actually kind of a minor hit in Canada. <laughs> That's cute. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull I, up the music video once we finish this. It's uh, it is a hoot. Oh, I'll have to watch that. But I I stand by the Elf cartoon opening being <laughs> an incredible piece of yeah. of music. The, the Elf cartoon theme song is surprisingly good for a cartoon theme song and catchy. But the raccoons, we haven't even mentioned the name of the cartoon, raccoons, that theme song, it's just a great well, pop song. <laughs> anyway, so the, anyway. the other star attraction of this, it was apparently the Cross-Eyed Lion, which is presumably a reference to Clarence the Cross-Eyed Lion, like one of those 60s comedy movies. It has to be. Clarence the Cross-Eyed Lion, I, I think the actual lion was named Clarence that played Clarence in the movie. Right. And then the the series that spin off of that Doctari, which I remember watching as a child, which must have been in syndication because the show is from the sixties. Wow. And I'm not mm-hmm. that old. <laughs> no. But I distinctly remember that, although maybe it was racist, I can't remember. Although Doctari does mean uh doctor in Swahili. Ah. So that's uh, at least a little bit of edutainment. Yeah, I'd- don't remember seeing that at all, which is crazy because that seems like exactly the sort of thing that my father would have had us watching at some point. But yeah, uh, no, I, think I mostly I, I have at some point maybe two memories of of childhood syndication, and one of them was Batman uh, and the yes. like the sixties Adam West Batman, which I didn't realize was a comedy because I was four. Uh, and the other yeah. being Bewitched, which unfairly came on after the cartoons and had that cartoon opening. And I thought it was a cartoon and I was always uh. so disappointed. Oh, which Darren was, did you prefer? I didn't get that far because I saw it wasn't a cartoon <laughs> and I changed the channel. You just turned up. I, I Dream of Genie, though, was was very interesting when I was a small child. But I don't remember ever seeing this Dactari, so that's an interesting thing to look into. Yeah. 
All, oh, to be honest, all I remember is Clarence, and there was a funny monkey. Uh, it was uh-huh. a Judy the Chimp, who was also on Lost in Space. Oh. And uh, speaking of Lost in Space, we will get to one of the stars of that show in a few episodes. Oh, well, we, oh my. What do you mean we'll get to one? Oh, the, you mean the original, not the movie. Well, oh yeah, I guess that we there is a obviously, um, well not obviously because nobody else saw that movie, but uh, yeah, uh, Lacey Chabert was in the '90s movie version of Lost in didn't Space. A decent, I didn't see the movie, but a decent number of people. I, also, not the uh, the recent Netflix Lost in Space where also everybody's not apparently oh, no. really hot for the robot. Yeah, oh. that's all I know about that show. Like, ooh, the robot's <laughs> hot. I haven't heard anything else about that. Other than, ooh, hot robot. But then yes. again, we do travel in robot circles, so maybe that might have skewed the... Yeah. And also, if is, if that's the case, then when Dr. Smith is all, oh, you, collat- you clattering calamity of cogs, is he actually negging the robot? Yeah, kind of. You clattering calamity on your clapping butt cheeks? <laughs> oh, oh, the thirst. The thirst of it all. <laughs> I, I, I now do, I cannot I, watch that because oh man, <laughs> I I do have to say that my Twitter feed skews heavily monster thirst. I'm I'm gonna say monster thirst instead of my normal terminology, which flows much better as a word, but it's less appropriate for an episode where we are discussing rescue bots. Yes, yeah, I guess it. Well, yeah, now I I cannot watch that Netflix show because I'll just to be disappointed that Doctor Smith isn't lusting after the robot. Anyway, <laughs> well, also I think Doctor Smith is a lady. Oh, it's uh, uh, what's her name? Is it? Uh, it's not Piper Parabo, is it? It's uh, is is robot. she a lady who's thirsting after the robot? I mean, not that I'm aware of. Oh, that's boring. I mean, again, anyway. I haven't seen the show. It's uh, okay. who is it? it it's a it's a no known actress. Oh, it's ah. um Parker Posey. Oh, ah. okay. So Parker Posey, Peter Parker sounding people. Yes. Anyway, so night falls, and uh, Boulder and Blades are heading out. They they are going <laughs> to the big animal shelter to adopt a pet. <laughs> They're sneaking out, and Blades. Wants to get one that's furry. Yes. So they, you know, they, they, they go in there and they, he's, he's got all his pictures from Cody, who's, you know, sent it to him because Boulder likes animals. Mm-hmm. So he decided, you know, he likes Mr. Pettipaws, but Petty, Mr. Pettipaws is not an appropriate size for a giant robot. So he's going to get a giant cat, in which case, <laughs> uh, the cross-eyed lion, who he dubs Whiskers. <laughs> yes. So he's got to hurry before somebody else adopts him. well yeah because the cat jumps over a fence to get away after they turn off the power in the park well yeah first they they get into the park they they, they pull a dennis nedry yeah they get into the park because boulder says that that all the engineers have access to all the civic buildings uh which is fine but also i'm pretty sure he and graham are the only engineers Uh, and, and then, and it also just scans his hand, which is kind of interesting. But I feel like when you get to the point of your plan where you have to cut the main power, you might want to take a moment to stop and think whether you're supposed to be doing the thing you're doing, (laughs) whether it's actually okay, because that's generally a sign that what you are doing might be considered a crime of some sort. (laughs) 
Yeah, so they, they try and get the lion out. It doesn't work. The lion escapes, and while they're pursuing it, these lemurs also get out. Yes, and the lemurs, of course, watch them go and cut the main power, so they're like, ooh, we know how to get into things now. We are smart. I assume that, yeah, you know, like, we don't see the zookeeper here, but I assume he's just basically Muldoon from Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we never should have taught those uh, those lemurs to recycle. <laughs> oh, did he catch all the animals in the zoo himself? I'm going to say, yeah, actually, we kind of made a care. Well, um, um, we actually... In the future. In the future, Jumping we meet ahead. the Rescue Bots version of Lord Chumley from Prime Target. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's exciting. Oh, no. But yes, the Whiskers, the newly dubbed Whiskers, runs away. And Boulder <laughs> says we have to find him before someone else adopts him. Oh, yeah, that's such a good thing. They're some such point, good, Bull- good boys. At some point, someone says, um, human customs are so confusing. Yes. Which involves the park and stuff. Mm. Oh, oh, I do appreciate that the lemurs, well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them have different character models. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that. Which is mostly just, like, different kinds of haircuts, and one has, like, a little beard. There was a brown one with, like, gold hair, and that one seemed like it was, like, a character model that designated it as an important one but it didn't i didn't notice it being especially important not really no it just seemed like that should make it the yeah, leader <laughs> we shall call him bright eyes <laughs> yes. yeah we uh we bred eight of the lemas originally but when she came over she took over the pride and killed all but two of the others <laughs> that one she looks at you you can see she's working things out <laughs> we had them all attacking the fences when the feeders came they never attack the same place twice. They were tested for weaknesses. <laughs> they remember. And they're just, it's just these cartoon <laughs> lemurs. <laughs> and then at one point, I'm sure this guy just gets trapped by them. Clever girl. <laughs> and then gets eaten by lemurs. <laughs> yeah. That's why we never see the zookeeper. They just sort of pan away, and you hear screaming, and then that character never shows up again. Shoot her! <laughs> With the trunk dog. Use, use the trunk dog. Yeah, well, this is rescue bots. Nobody's getting shot. Mm, yeah. uh, but people are almost getting eaten because this lion is just on the loose. I, I mean, I, yeah, I feel uh, like the the cross-eyed thing might have been a reference, but also it kind of felt like it was because actually, I mean, we already had like an artificial volcano, so I realize the the threat level in this show is higher <laughs> than one might expect. But it did yes. feel like it was sort of to to neuter the the threat level of this lion being out because it definitely makes yeah. it look a little derpy. It definitely seems yes. you know they show like lion vision of it having some distorted vision issues. So a little bit of fuzziness. Yeah, it it, mm-hmm. it makes it slightly less threatening, but it's still a lion. Yes. So although it, there is one sort of visual gag later with the dad about. A cat, and you see it from the cat's point of perspective. In it, it's oh, it's the cross-eyed, so it has to be the lion mm-hmm. instead yeah. of another cat. So yeah, this this time Mrs. Needlemaner calls them about a cat in a tree, a yes. big cat in a tree. Yes. <laughs> and because Blades and Boulder are still looking for the lion, everybody has to pilot heat wave, and they just all hate you it. You would think that they would have more space 
Also, a fire yeah, truck's very big. No it can room. seat like two men and a smallish You're woman. You're supposed you could to be able four to... people in a fire truck. Yeah, they're big they're made wide. for transporting large groups of people as well as all the equipment. Also, when yeah. when they're asking like, "Oh, where Blades and Boulder get off to?" Heatwave is just a total asshole about it. He's like, "I don't know. They didn't include me in their sharing time or something like that." <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, if you're going to be Buddy. like that, yeah, they're not going to include you. Yeah, no one wants to be friends with you. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, they, the uh, the line gives them the slip, and pretty soon Cody looks like he's about to star in a remake of The Ghost in the Darkness. <laughs> well, yes, but it's also closer to something else. Like, um, Cody basically shouts, please don't eat me. But, uh... Whiskers is is not the kind of playful that Serval is. So Whiskers ends up eating Cody's bag. <gasps> oh no. Bag no. No, come on. <laughs> uh but luckily uh luckily Frankie uh drops by and she now has the powers of the invisible woman. So uh She's got a force field bracelet. You can't just have a force field bracelet. Yeah. Also, a, a, a moment before it, this, when uh, when Boulder well, and Blades show up, I just really like that that Boulder shows up and sees them dealing with this lion, and he just goes, "You found my pet." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Boulder, no. It's like, wait, what? But yeah, you can't just have a force field bracelet. I mean, well, she probably it, it, needs it one. It does up. She, yes, she probably needs one. Her her dad gave her one because trouble because like the the previous seventeen the ones like clones got destroyed in something or ended up shrunk and stuck inside somebody's artery or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the force field personalized force field is a skosh of a tech jump more than seems plausible even for this island at least this early. I mean we're. Before this season's out, spoilers, time machine. <laughs> okay, that's going to be this season. But it, it, it just seems like it's an escalation more than I was expecting. I mean, what did you expect with uh, with Doc Green? <laughs> Shooting papers at people. <laughs> like building faster cars out of DeLoreans. It, um... Oh, yes, but uh, you see, Frankie, I was in the bathtub and I, I hit my head on the tub. Okay, so he, he builds a tub out of Nerf now. I'm, I'm not, it's it's the bit from uh, Back to the Future. I know. I'm just saying that that Doc Green's modus operandi is oh here's a small issue. I'm going to overcompensate for this problem. <laughs> well, you Which see, again, I... force field generator, dead clones. <laughs> well, you see, last week, uh, last week, Frank, yeah, I I forgot to tape NCIS, so I decided <laughs> I have to go back back in time to tell myself to set the DVR. Yeah. Yeah. I'm aware that I do not sound like LeVar Burton. Wait. That's a way harder voice to do, Marty. <laughs> yeah, it's more nuanced. Anyway. Uh, so, meanwhile, the lemurs have found the library and are quickly reducing it back into garbage. Also, they oh, have... They're just they... tearing this thing apart. Did they not glue these uh, this junk together? <laughs> or is it just a giant pile? <laughs> I... I it... Does feel like maybe they were trying not to like like if you did it like a, a mosaic, you'd have to use some sort of like resin or something to 
to to have yeah, you know fill in something. the gaps. So I guess maybe they decided that that would be not in the spirit of this recycled building. And so yeah, I think it's just held together by when you have like aluminum cans and the lip on the top one fits into the the bit on the bottom of the other one and <laughs> just stacked like that. Yeah, but the way they I mean, break it apart, they're like creating cracks in it. But like there's you can see the solid tube cans on the roof. It's really weird. It, Although it is neat that, that, like, the beginning, the cold open sets up this part where the lemurs find their nirvana. Recycle building. (laughs) Our our true purpose in life. And so, so, yeah, the mayor calls in, says that the the library is overrun with vermin. (laughs) They aren't raccoons, though. They're lemurs. They only have, they have banded tails, so I realize that might be confusing. Especially if you don't expect lemurs. Yeah, and Cody has a a great stupid line here. Where he says, "Oh, those must be those 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 must be the lemurs from the zoo. What other lemurs would they be, Cody? You're in Maine, not known for its population of lemurs." <laughs> Look, it's entirely possible that Doc Green could have like accidentally created a portal to a jungle, and the lemurs could have come through that way. Uh, Frankie, I, I decided, uh, I decided we need a portal to Madagascar. And now, uh, and now I'm up to the ass in chameleons. <laughs> yes. I can't find them. They're changing color all over the place. Exactly. I, I think that this is basically, it's entirely fair to not assume the easiest answer in this place. Yeah, we are a couple episodes away from flying lobsters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so these uh, these lemurs are single-mindedly obsessed with this, and it's very hard to, uh, you know, get them to stop. So they remember that back at the, uh, the back of the zoo, they, uh, they gave them, once they finished, once they had done some recycling, they then gave them treats, and that caused them to stop recycling and go eat the treats. So they send, uh, Boulder off to the zoo to get a giant scoop load of lemur treats. They're not giant <laughs> lemurs. You don't need to... It's not like a kaiju movie where you need to get, like, the relative <laughs> amount of whatever it is for the size of the, the upscaled creature you're dealing with. They're just normal. It, they could have brought a handful of treats. <laughs> well, they Graham really got to distract... just, like, filled his pockets. Yeah, well, a little bit more than that, because there's like two dozen lemurs or something, but yeah, they, like, they have an entire bucket full, they didn't need quite that many. Mm. Also, it would have been nice if like they had a net, like, like <laughs> put the bucket there, get the lemurs in there, throw the net over them, instead of having the back, a, a caterpillar thing in reverse going really slowly through town, like that, it's going to take forever, you trap them on sight. Well, and very, uh. very generously, um, Chase tells uh, Boulder that uh, I, if you choose to run any red lights while doing this, I will not report. <laughs> you. I love Chase. Which, I love oh, him. yeah, you can like hear it in his voice how much that strains against him, <laughs> or just how much like how uh. important he feels this is. <laughs> he's, yes, he's just the mm. most like absolutely very serious about this and and speaking of drinking games i remember we were drinking uh we were drinking sunny delight here yes uh, kids mm. uh the once again the mayor's toupee is made off with yeah 
yes. This by time lever. by levers. Oh, and, oh and, that's and, a good gag. And they deposited it in the plastic bin, even though they told him it was real hair. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, why are the lemurs carrying it to the recycling? That makes no sense. But it's a plastic oh, nylon hair. That's that's a good gag. <laughs> Stupid gag. I mean, it's a famously awful toupee. It's, yes. Yes. Anyway, so the they're not going for the treats. So they finally figure out, oh, okay, but there's also a bell. So they make a bell noise. Then the lemurs go onto the treats. And then Boulder starts... Uh, hightailing it through town backwards. At 20 miles an hour. And soon enough, top speed. Uh, that attracts the lion. Yes, because there are all these exciting lemurs chasing this thing. And you- exciting and delicious lemurs. Honestly, I think this is how you solve your problem. Yeah. You let the lion yeah. eat the lemurs, there's your <laughs> lemur problem solved, and then he's going to be full of lemurs and dozy, so you can just Grab him and take him back to the uh, zoo. Oh. Problem solved. But but then you you don't have your like special Earth Day display. I mean, I realize it's not Earth Day now because it's the next day. But then you don't have your your big Earth Day display. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the twenty third. You've got three hundred sixty five days to get some more you know lemurs. <laughs> well, some of, some of them are bound to escape and and go into the wild and start a random population just growing and slowly destroying all the old um, churches on the island. (laughs) And it will truly be a planet of lemurs. (laughs) (laughs) They're cute when they hop around. It's adorable. Damn you! So now we are back to the... You blew it up! You maniacs! Now we are back to the mortal peril. Ah, yes. Well, mortal for these lemurs, at least. Yeah. Yes. But thankfully, much like they did with the lobsters, they can they they send uh, they send blades up with a big lion trap, and he entraps the lion, and so all of the animals are restored to their rightful place. Yay! The end. The law of the jungle. Yay. Well, they have to finish backing back up to welcome back to Griffari Park. <laughs> <laughs> Must go faster. Must go faster. <laughs> So, so the the animals are back in place. The lion is in the new Mayor Lusky lion enclosure. So, so Graham points out that someone someone cut the power, and Boulder says, "I thought it was part of the adoption process." Why would you think that? <laughs> Why? What? How, how do you even understand adoption? Is is this a standard Cybertronian thing? Is that maybe, how protoforms are raised in this continuity? Maybe he thinks that part of adoption is you have to, like, steal it to prove that you should be allowed. Like, you have to solve a puzzle or something to prove that you should be allowed it, to care for this animal. Did we miss an episode where, where the father explained how Cade joined the family? <laughs> Are you suggesting that Cade was stolen as a child? Oh, it was like like there will be blood. (laughs) A bastard in a basket. (laughs) Yes. But anyway, Boulder is a good boy. I mean, hey, uh, you know, uh, the chief kind of has the mustache for it. (laughs) Now, I'm a rescue man. Oh, that's a weird but really great movie. Oh, it is? Don't watch that, kids. <laughs> no, not till you're older. 
<laughs> ask your parents. Ask your parents about Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> ask your parents if you're old enough for Daniel Day-Lewis. I've abandoned my son. I abandoned my boy. Uh, Anyway, uh, because of all this, it turns out, uh, you know, they've decided that they are going to get Boulder a, a, a pet. And it's a plant. A training pet. Yes. Yes, a training pet. And it's a plant. And he doesn't quite seem to understand plants either. <laughs> because he's going to take this thing out and go play oh, fetch. Oh. It's, well, it's, it's, it's an organic. It, it, he's, it, the border lines between species. He doesn't entirely understand where sentience begins. Sapience or... I mean, you know, maybe Movement. you know, maybe he hasn't met humans, but he's met like botanica type aliens. Maybe possible. We don't it's know. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's like one of the vegetable people of uh, Verdania Seven. Yeah, it's mm. one of those asparagus people keep showing up in movies. Uh, oh man, those asparagus people! <laughs> Jessica Chastain's weird blonde eyebrows. <laughs> what is going on in that movie? Wait! Oh yeah, the broccoli know. people. No were one in knows. Yeah. No one knows what was going on in that movie. No. God, I saw that movie. I'm not sure what was going on in that movie. Apart from Jennifer Lawrence wanting out of her contract. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, now I'm just going to end up spending all of New Mutants thinking about how much Maisie Williams looks like my cat. <laughs> Big wide eyes. <laughs> she really does. I'm scared. Just her face. Well, that that's gonna be confusing because in that movie she is a dog. Yeah, that's yeah, that's well, gonna be a little confusing. Well, wait—is she a wolf or was she a fox? It's a wolf. Well, I mean, she's Wolf's a wolf. Her name is Wolf's Bane. Well, yes, I guess. <laughs> was she a redhead wolf? Oh, I guess there are red wolves. Well, she's one. yeah, she's well, she's red. She's got got red hair because she's extremely Scottish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hence why in the original run of New Mutants, she's constantly talk. she uh, goes to uh, E.T. and is talking about the wee baron. <laughs> oh, Chris Claremont. <laughs> I love your ridiculous accents. Uh, I like that. Uh, anyway. And uh, yeah, that is Walk on the Wild Side. Perhaps a silly, I mean, it's one case where the mortal peril is entirely caused by the robot population of Grizzlerock <laughs> and not its... Yeah. And not its uh, too dumb to live human citizens. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 well, it's it's good and it's bad that the robots cause the problem because it, it's a change. It's not just that this island is cursed and everything goes wrong. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun episode. Just all the everybody's just so charming. Everybody's just adorable, and I like pets. And the, how, many, how many other episodes of anything involve, uh, involve lemur-based peril? <laughs> yes. Um, Very few, I'll tell you that. Yeah, lemurs don't usually come up at all. Not nearly enough. Although now that we've had two two episodes of, of animal peril in some degree, I'm just waiting for, on this cursed island, inevitably one of these animals, some episode, is going to become gigantic. <laughs> and that's going to be a great episode. Yes. Um, I know there's a giant baby episode. Ah! Oh, oh no. No, honey, I Not shrunk sure, the kids. But... Although, wait, are they making a new one? Yes. yes I heard Rick I Moranis for is Disney pl- coming out yeah, of... Rick Moranis is going to be Coming out. out of retirement. Yeah, I, I heard that. I, I remember Rick Moranis was coming back for a movie. I just forgot which movie he's been in that it was going to be. It's going to be like uh, like that uh, that old uh, Blade Runner where they have to track down a uh, like old grizzled Wayne Zelinsky. 
my god, that would be awesome. Or, or uh, you know, Force Awakens. Yes. All, uh, all those stories you heard about the shrink ray. They're true. <laughs> yes. They're all true. Oh, God. <sighs> that sounds amazing. I would watch that. Uh, so, yeah, that is Walk on the Wild Side. Um, you can find us all over the um, internet. Uh, yo. Every week. Every week. Oh, you're right. I always forget. <laughs> Jiminy, I know you, you want to get to the... We're, you're used to the old habit. But yes, here's my it's tradition. Stupid fill-in of I'm also watching a Japanese tokusatsu show. Tell us about the tokus. QQ Sentai! QQ! Go, go, five! QQ more noob. We've gotten into the part of the series where it seems like every episode's gonna be uh, specifically about a specific ranger to a point. This one's about the Green Ranger, and they come back after, after like, being the, the cold open of this episode, which doesn't happen all the time, cold opens, they're, they're actually at a fire at a building rescuing people that has nothing to do with the alien monsters. And then they come home, and it turns out their dad has been opening their mail <gasps> and is reading a letter where the Green Ranger, like, he got an offer to come back to, like, the rescue chopper force. He wanted to be in, like, the best in Tokyo. Or wherever town, I guess they're supposed to be in Tokyo or something. Mm-hmm. And like, he, he wanted to go back. And, and then there's sort of family dynamic fight, little confusion. Like, the, the family realized, oh yeah, you want to go back. So they sort of kick him out so he can go back. But the dad's being an asshole because, ah, oh, the dad's just a jerk. So it's about him and stuff. And, and then there's a poisonous mold called, um, well, first they introduce like the, the female demon sibling, Dina. Oh, she's a demon Venus, because oh. she's a sexy human wearing wings and horns. <laughs> anyway, her plan is to get triple X. Like the... That's weird coming from her, with her abs showing, and, and she's like sexy lady demon. But triple X is just a name of, like, a dangerous mold that was designed to clean up waste sites, but it also kills people. So it's like, no, that's bad. We're getting rid of it. So not that. Oh, I that was thinking movie. it was. Uh, so not not Vin Diesel then. Yeah. No, Vin, <laughs> Di- Vin Diesel might have improved this episode or made it worse. I'm not sure. It's it's kind of just an average episode. It was a yeah, but... creepy mold monster. Oh, although a... the the fungus effect did remind me of uh, Stephen King and Creep Show. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jody Vera, what have you done now? Yeah, because the effect is it keeps growing on him as he has to go and get a key card to tur- to unleash something that will kill the mold really quickly. Although it does kind of look like the mold eats some people. <laughs> Maybe they're dead, but I don't know. So I know this is something that generally shows up later in in a season, but is there a brooding mm-hmm. anti-hero ranger yet? Um, no, this series doesn't get a sixth ranger. Aww. Mm. It's, um, yeah, because this, this comes after your Zoo Ranger, your, your original Power Rangers and stuff. But before, like, a sixth ranger and seventh and sometimes more, like, became standard. But it makes sense for this series that they never really get one because everyone on the team is a sibling. Ah, so okay. they would have to have a mysterious sixth sibling. Oh, like that never happens. They they send their stuff to oh, twenty three yeah. and me, and suddenly it turns out there's yeah. a sixth ranger. No, it, 
that would have been like a neat idea, but like I the the idea is that it's more focused on family and adding a sixth would be weird. Although there it was I'm not sure if it was a direct to DVD or if it was an actual theatrical movie where they almost get a sixth ranger, but it's only that one instance. <laughs> and it's like some other guy maybe it's an alien or something that has a suit, but the comic relief uh astronaut uh, the voice actress of Oscar Saryu Langley ends Ooh. up with the suit for that movie. Because ah. she wants to be a ranger. That's a recurring thing in the episode she's in. Aww. But they never give it to her, which kind of sucks. Because <laughs> she's fun. Anyway, so it, it's an okay episode. Green Ranger special. Eh. Okay, so you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up for hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And are we we in March yet? Is it March yet? Um, Uh, yes. I don't... we, it'll, we'll be close, at least. We'll be close. Yeah. So we've we've had kimono friends, and uh, we're going to be figuring out what we're doing. Is New Mutants in March, or is that April? I don't know. I think April, I but I'm not sure. No sense of time. Yeah, we're... We'll figure something out for March. Yeah, uh, our plans. It'll be something. exciting. We'll do something. It'll probably April. maybe just be something... Oh, yeah. Okay. What, beginning or end yeah. of April? April. Yes. Just April. Yes. Okay, so maybe we'll do a Netflix movie or something for March. Yeah. I'm sure can, I can. We'll, we'll find something for sure. I can sure. think of something I mean, we, we, terrible we, to We've all got all. Disney Plus now, I think. So That's true. We can find all sorts of crazy stuff Okay, sorry. Do they have Pride of the X-Men? They do not. But... I shall meet you at the monorail. I was going to say, but I do, but I think it. that might have gotten purged in the in the big oh. VHS purge. So I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So that's a maybe. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So until next time, uh, when Cody goes on patrol in Cody on Patrol, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David.